So um, one of the things we always do is say, welcome back to another episode of Single Dad, Why You Mad? If people only hear my voice, that's because uh, I'm doing this solo today and I'm going to try before it airs to uh, get Clark uh, to give some feedback. And I think it's important uh, for Clark to give feedback on uh, this particular episode because we always say that we have a special guest, right? But this time, the guest is not only special, but the guest is family. And I'm gonna to get to that in a second. Um, but uh, one of the things I like to do first, um, even though Clark is not here, is just to talk about you know my week and what's been going on uh, since the last time we recorded, right? And I had something uh, happen the other day, right? That, and I don't know if I wanna say it was eye-opening or if it was, so I don't know what to call it, right? So I'm taking my kid to school. Uh, when we get up in the morning and I get him dressed, I ask him if he's got to make pee because, you know, at night he's still wearing a pull-up or before he goes to bed or while he's in bed, I usually give him milk out of a sippy cup. And usually before he sleep or sometime in the middle of the day he sleep, he calls me out, daddy, daddy, daddy. And I get up, see what he wants. And he wants um, some water. So I'll give him some water. So he is in at, you know, 8, 30, 9 o'clock every night. So when he gets up in the morning after he has to pee, nine chances out of 10, there's pee in the pull-up. Sometimes there's not. And then he'll pee in the toilet. Uh, this time there was, so he didn't pee uh, in the morning. And then when we get to school, you have to wash your hands before you go into the classroom. So he's washing his hands in the bathroom. And I ask him, does he have to pee? As a matter of fact, I didn't ask him. He says to me, I got to make pee-pee. Or he says, I got to use the potty. And I said, okay, touchdown, finally. Out of all of these times we've been coming to school, he has always said no. And I've had to either pull him over there and make him go. And sometimes pee comes out and sometimes it doesn't. But this time he says it on his own. I get him over there. I pull his pants down. I pull his underwears down. And then I move back and I let him handle his business, right? And I see pee going up on the back of the toilet, right? And I say, Miles, you got to aim correctly, right? Okay. And then when he's done, he comes away. And I pull up his pants and I tie his pants because I only buy him pants with the drawstring. Um, simply because it's easier than, you know, trying to find a belt or keep a belt for him, number one. And number two, all of my pants have drawstrings in them. I love drawstring <laughs> pants. If anybody wants to get me anything, get me a drawstring pant, all right? You want to know what I like? Noted. Drawstring pants, <laughs> right? I can't stand to wear a belt. I can't tell you how many of my pants either have drawstring or they have elastic around the waist, right? Is that getting old? Is that me getting old? That is oh, that, shit. That's getting old. That's the... The belly getting bigger. Oh, no, no, I've been doing all right. Look, 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 I'm okay. doing all right. It ain't that bad. Okay, okay. I'm doing all right. So I'm tying up his pants. That's your preference. It's okay. Yeah, I'm tying up his pants and he says, oh, daddy, can you clean it up, please? Can you clean it up, please? He had peed in his pants. On the way to school. No. Oh, well, he was, was at the toilet. Oh, okay. Instead of aiming in the toilet, I don't know how. It's like he just peed in his pants. <laughs> what do you wait? Even though you, I pulled his underwear down like, and pulled his pants oh, down, he had peed him? in his fucking pants. Have you shown him how to pee? We've been doing this for a hundred for for, for 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 at least a year. 
He knows how to pee. He peed literally. literally like, pee instead, pee. I, like, it's like he put his, his, I pulled his pants down, I pulled his, it's like he put his penis back in his underwear and peed inside his pants. So I'm fucking pissed. Right. I'm pissed. You thought you made it. And, and, and so I'm, I'm putting, and I'm wiping it off, right? And I'm saying, Miles, you peed all over yourself. And I'm wiping it off and I'm trying to wipe it off and it's on the back and I feel it is down the leg. It's soaking wet. So I say, let me go over. I say, stay right there because you keep a change of clothes for them because it's right. pretty cool. You know, they know everybody's still learning, right? right? So I go over there. He doesn't have any pants in there. He's got shirts. He's got socks. Actually, I mean, he didn't have any socks. He didn't have any, he's got shirts and he's got fucking underwear. But he but didn't have any pants. And I got a fucking, uh, I would love to beef about why he hasn't got any fucking pants over there, but I'm not going to, right? Because okay. I'm trying to be better at this, right? Okay. Later. Yeah, that's for later. <laughs> so I walk back over and I'm fucking pissed. And I, I'm wiping them off. I'm trying to wipe them off. And finally I said to myself, this is not going to work. He can't fucking be in class like this. Mm-hmm. And I walked over to the garbage can with the paper towel that I had in my hand. And I slammed it in the garbage can and said, why would you do that? And he's standing behind me, right? You know, about, you know, 10 feet away from me. And I turned around and I looked at him and the look on his face. Melted you, huh? I don't know if he was disappointed in me or if he was disappointed in himself, but it was a look of disappointment. Okay. And I became disappointed. So I am adamant about the fact that my parents did a great job, but they could have done a better job, right? And I want to be a better parent than my parents were, mm-hmm. you know? Um, not that I think that a good spanking is out of order, but I think it should be warranted. I ain't just spanking my kid. You know, just because um, he peed on the back of the toilet or he peed in his pants or whatever else it is. I try to have conversations with him about why it's not good to do that. So I collected myself and I went over to the teachers and I didn't want to embarrass him. And I took him in the classroom and I said, so Miles spilled some water on himself and he's he's looking dejected the entire time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I'm going to go home and get him some pants. He doesn't have any pants here. Right. And she said, no, no, it's fine. It'll dry off or whatever. I said, nah, but he looks, he's uncomfortable. And she looked at, she said, yeah, he looks uncomfortable. And I went home, got him some pants, came back. When I came back, he was happy to see me. I took him into the parents' room, changed his pants, changed his underwear, um, changed his socks. And then I had a discussion with him about how I was sorry for going off the way I did. Because if I'm going to be honest about it, right? And I've said this before, so this is not news. I occasionally peed in the bed up until I was 10 years old, mm-hmm. you know? So how mad am I going to be at him for that? Right. Uh, I was a, you know, I was a troubled child also, but uh, he's three and a half. What, what you recognized that was your good parenting, my, what I want to recognize for you is your good parenting. Because I know that as parents, we want to do our best always for our kids. And when we can make a mistake and then step back and say, you know what, I made a mistake. I could have handled this differently. And then addressing that with our child their child appreciates that. So for you to, to, for you to see his face and recognize that, 
not that you overreacted because you reacted how you felt in that moment, but for you to be able to pause that reaction and put him first, that's good parenting. And then have a, still have a discussion with him about correcting what he could do differently about where he pees and how he pees and, you know, learning those things. what I did, which yeah. is what I did when I picked him up that night from aftercare. You know, I said, Miles, you know, daddy was upset. You know, did you see daddy? He was upset. And he said, yeah. And I said, why was daddy upset? And he said, because I peed on myself. And he says, uh, and I said, you know, I didn't mean to act, you know, the way I acted, but, you know, you can't pee on yourself. You know how to pee in the toilet. And he says, uh, yeah, I won't ever do that again. Okay. Motherfucker. He's going to do it again, but. He's going to do it again, but, you know, it was heartfelt. Yeah. He, he probably, he probably going to try not to do it again. But... Yeah. Yeah. It was heartfelt, right? Um, and on the way back, so he's got this friend down the hallway, um, Isabella, that he plays with all the time. And when I was on the way back to get the pants, um, I saw her dad come up off the elevator. They got a new kid, uh, a little boy now right okay um he's got him during the day because he works at night um and they reverse him and his wife reverse mm -hmm. uh, and i said you know what was going on he said man sometimes isabella's playing in the house and she just pooped on herself and uh you know she's at least six months older than miles and uh yeah he said you know sometimes they just you know they ain't thinking yeah she's like i'm playing this is not important to me to stop playing yeah. She's yeah. Do her thing. yeah it's frustrating it's frustrating. And we probably would have gotten beaten for that, but that's the evolution of parenting now, right? And, and, and that's, my, that's, that's what I wanted to get to, right? Right? I might have got a spanking for that. And I think that that's generational, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, the generations before my mom and dad, you got a spanking for everything. Right. Why? Right. Because, you know, you got to think about where they came from. Right. You know, they came from, you know, Jim Crow and, right. you know, Jim damn near Crow. slavery, yeah. right? When you got a beating for everything. You have to be tight all the time. Yeah. But when I say a beating, I mean a beating, you know, from a slave master. That was, you know, considered yeah. to be the bar for discipline, beating. Right. And that was just passed down generationally. Right. And I'm trying to do something different generationally. Exactly. Yo, this exactly. motherfucker says to me the other day when I asked him to do something, what did I ask him to do? Oh, I said, Miles, come here now. It's time to take a shower. And he said, okay, I'm going to go get a toy. He said, okay, I'm going to go get a toy. So he runs and he goes and gets a toy, right? And he's gone for forever, right? I'm in the bathroom waiting for him, you know? Um, when he takes a bath, he takes a bath by himself. But when he takes a shower, we take a shower together. It's just easier for him. So I'm in the shower. I, I make sure I wash myself first so that I can just focus on him, get him in, and get him out. So he's gone for forever. So I shouted out, Miles, what are you doing? And he says to me, Daddy, you're not being patient. You need to be patient, Daddy. Who taught him the fucking word? Because I didn't teach him that shit. You sure? I'm positive I ain't teaching the okay. word patient. You may, not have, you may not have taught him directly, but he may have heard you using it in sentences several times. How would he know no. what it means? Context. Listen, listen, listen. First of all, no, no, no. First of all, first of all, first of all, let's let everybody know who I'm talking to. I am talking to Mia Pollard. Mia Pollard is the older sister of my co-host, Clark, I call him, but Chris Clark, Clark Chasm, whatever it is you want to call it, right? <laughs> so um, Clark had an emergency where he had to run, and Mia had already put her makeup on, so right. she said she didn't want to cancel. And, um, you know, cold, so. yeah, and we wanted to get, you know, we've, we've been wanting to get this one done, you know, for a little while now. I just wanted to um, make sure that I was prepared to be as thorough as I am with everybody else. 
because I love you, but I can't hold back on you, okay? I'm not scared. All right, good, good, good. So, uh, uh, Mia. Yes, sir. Why don't you tell um, the people about yourself as much as you'd like them to know quickly, meaning like who you are, where you live, how old are you, how many kids you have, blah, 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 blah. Say it again. How old I am, all of that. Well, listen, that listen, this ain't for the faith in heart, right? <laughs> so. You know, I'm proud of my age. So my name is Mia Pollard. I am a certified professional life coach. I am the owner of Audacious Purpose Coaching. I've been coaching for about 12 or so years at this point. I am the mom of two adult children. Both of them have been out of my house since they were 13 and 14 off and on for school. And now the oldest one is, I guess you can call it permanently out of my house since he actually has a living girlfriend at this point. And the younger one is in her junior year, junior year of college. I am 49 years old and I'm a divorced mom. How did we meet? We, we met at Baruch oh, and, and just to be clear to everybody, I met you first. Yes. Go. We met at Baruch College. We were in an accounting class, I believe, doing some kind of project. They wanted to put together a group for a project and you, I don't know if I can say her name, another friend of ours and I got together to do the project and we've been friends ever since. Okay. And I oh. dropped accounting, I think, after that. And what? I dropped accounting. I changed my major after that you class. You changed your major after that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, when we met, um, uh, do you remember how old you were then when we met? I must have been mid-20s. I don't, want, I don't remember exactly how old I was. Definitely younger than 29. I would say somewhere between 23 and 27, somewhere around that age. And you had your first child when? At 22, going on 23. So I had him two months before I turned 23. You had him two months before you turned 23. Mm -hmm. um, and then you had your second child when? At 29. You had your second child at 29. Yeah. Okay. We have a founding question. Yes, sir. Uh, that your brother usually asks, but because he's not here, I'm going to ask, right? When I think about my life when I was younger, it was never the intent to be a single parent. The intent was that, you know, like my mom and dad, I was going to get married and, uh, you know, I was going to have children and a dog and a house and a black picket fence and, uh, you know, grow old together and live happily ever after, right? Mm -hmm. It was never my intent to be a single parent with my kid uh, three or four days a week, you know, alternating with his mom, that sort of stuff. You know, when we started this thing, I used to ask myself, how the fuck did I get here? And that's the question I'm asking you. How the fuck did you get here? And you're a divorced mom. Mm -hmm. So when did you get divorced? What year did I get divorced? 2005. 2005. After 13 years of marriage. After 13 years of marriage. And your kids were how old when you got divorced? Oh, Nia was five and Arthur was 12. Okay. Now, yeah. how the fuck did you get here? <laughs> so many things. I, I, whenever I talk about my ex-husband, I say reason number 952, reason number 469. Like I just saw numbers because there are so many things. And this is my version of the story. So I'm sure he has his own version of the story. How did you meet? My, Start there. How okay. did you meet? So we met 
in high school. Interestingly enough, um, we met just before our break for senior year, I want to say, of high school. He played basketball. He was friends with a friend of mine. Um, and I was walking in the hallway one day, like, you know, you get the hallway pass and you walk around because you don't feel like being in class. And I stopped by the door of my friend's class to talk to him. And the teacher came in. My ex-husband kept butting into the conversation and the teacher came over and was like, look, do this after school. Like, I don't have time for this, for you to be interrupting my class and for, the, for him to be talking to you. So we just, we, we met at that point. I don't remember when we actually exchanged numbers or things like that, but that's, where we, that's how we met. And when did y'all start dating? We started dating that summer, stopped dating before we went back to school because I found out he had a girlfriend. We'd always kept in touch. This is one of my, probably one of my biggest problems is keeping in touch with my exes. Stopped dating because he had a girlfriend and um, started back dating again after we graduated. And how long <laughs> did it take for y'all to get married? We got I was 21 when we got married. So 21 when you got married. 21 when I got married, he was 23 when we got married. Okay. So and like you, I thought marriage was forever. I, I intended to be married forever. I wanted five kids like my parents. Wanted my kids to be raised in a two-family home. Um, thought that we would build a life together. Thought that we would be faithful to each other in the process. And fast forward, he, his thoughts were not the same as mine. His thoughts were not the same as yours? Right. And these are things, this is one of the problems I think I have with um, the fantasy we're given about marriage, is that you make assumptions about things rather than having conversation. Or rather than listening to what people tell you when you're in the when you're in the relationship so one of the so so hold on now hold on now. so whose idea was it to get married it was his idea it he was his idea. i hadn't even huh you hadn't even thought about it he I just even I, was, I was when he first asked me to get married i think i was 19 or 20. so was it something that was, i knew i wanted to get married i wasn't wanting to be a mom like that was something that I identify with very heavily as being a mother. Uh, was it something where I was like, oh, we should get married? It was, it was not something that was in my, that was really in my thoughts. And when we first talked about it, I was like, oh, I don't think I'm ready to get married. And um, just talking to friends, they were like, well, if you want to be with him, like, why does it matter if you do it now or do it later? If you want to get married, get, get married. So I think we got engaged in 1990. So actually we got engaged on Valentine's Day, 1990 or 91. I think it was 1990 because we got married in 91. So I would imagine we got engaged. I don't even remember. It's so long ago. But somewhere between 90 and 91, we got engaged. I got married that September. And when you got married, where did you live? We, we, we rented an apartment in um, East Flatbush. We had a two-bedroom apartment, really cute apartment, um, upstairs in, in the house. Had a driveway, really, you know, good, good beginnings. And um, how long after that did you have your first child? I had my first child. I had my first child in '93. So, so you had three years without having a baby. Oh no, we had, no two years. We got married in '91. I had our first child in '93. Okay, and you went two years without having a baby. So two years of bliss. Two no. Wait, okay, wait, what? No, it was not two years of bliss. It was not two years of bliss. What do you mean? You know, like I think. The other thing too, like when you when you're in the midst of a relationship, there are ups and downs, there are trials, there are trials and errors, there are fights and disagreements. Within that first year, I was like, mm, I don't know if this is gonna work. I think we just we butted heads on a lot of little things, which I honestly, David, I don't remember what the things were. But I just remember it being like we didn't have we didn't have the right conversations. We didn't have the right conversations. And you were also young. I don't I don't even think that young was the issue. I think that not having the right conversations was the issue. But were you? But but. 
but I think what I'm trying to say is because you're young, you don't know to have those conversations. You know to have those conversations. You used to assume if we're getting married, we're going to do this together. We're going to be on the same page. Like we used to be together all the time. So it was a difference after being married. I think, you know, we actually, before we got married, we used to take the train to work together, take the train home together. And for me, like I need to be by myself to regroup, like to re- replenish myself. So when I was started expressing that, he thought that I was with someone else. I'm like, no, I just need to, I grew up in a house with five siblings, two parents, a grandmother, and whomever else happened to be here at the time. So I really needed, I needed time for myself to like just sit and be by myself. So being with someone almost 24-7 or being around people 24-7 is a drain for me. So I need to be by but, myself. But you, say, but you said he didn't have the same ideas about being faithful to each other, but he still wanted to be around you all the time? This, this, this is before the marriage. When oh, you go, you okay. Go someone, right. he, he wants to be with you all the time to, and it could, and it, for him, it could have been a shift where I said, well, I need time by myself. That could have been a shift for him. I don't really know. We didn't have the conversation about where the shift came in for him. So the shift may have been before that, may have been during that, may have been after that. I really don't know where the shift came in for him. <clears throat> it shifted from us being together all the time to us not being together all the time. And also our work schedules were different. So he worked overnight, I worked in the day. So he had free time if he wanted to, to cheat anyway. It wasn't like I was there. He was first, and he would pick me up from the train station. So he had like a clock on me, and, but he also had free time for himself. So it wasn't difficult. So he picked you up from the train station um, and then y'all be together, you know, throughout the evening or whatever else it is until he went to work. Right. So from where you sat, everything, you know, was nice. Yeah. So, so I hate to say this, right? I hate to say this, but your brother says this all the time. I can't remember what that shit is. Time and attention. Yes. I what remember writing, but I, but I know exactly what you're talking about. We're going to have to edit him into this part right here. Yeah. yeah you can edit him into this shit. <laughs> time and attention for cause and effect. Whatever the fuck that shit is, he says all the goddamn time. Intention and it's in, attention and intention. Attention and intention. Yes. And for you, that was like attention, and that was you know the way it should be, right? Yeah. yeah. Until until it became like like I said, for me, like I need I need time alone, and I realized that about myself now, and able to express it now. But I think you know it wasn't I wasn't that clear on it then, mm-hmm. where I need time by myself. It doesn't mean that you have to be out of the house, but just if I'm sitting here reading. Let me just sit here and read. I'm sitting it's here. Okay to be together while being apart. Yeah, yeah. We but you know, he had a same house, but you over there, I'm over here, and uh, you know, we don't need to be up under each other. Right. Sometimes, sometimes I want you up under me. Sometimes I don't. I guess that's you know the conundrum. Okay. The balance. Um, so you get pregnant. Go ahead. So it's, let me just—I didn't just get pregnant. I tried for over a year to get pregnant. And I thought at one point I couldn't have children. And then I went to my GYN and we were going to begin fertility testing, actually. And then I found that I was pregnant. Really? Yep. Okay. And uh, how did that go? The pregnancy was, was fairly easy, except towards the end, you know, when you get tired and draggy. And my son was actually born a month earlier than we anticipated. So we had nothing in the house for him as far as preparedness. So that had to be done like the weekend I went in the hospital to have him. But I mean, the interaction between you two, how was that? For the most part, it was fine. Yeah. He wanted a kid. It was, there was never, both children, he, he wanted to have both the children that we had. He, he was hands-on. I remember I, with our son, I believe, he, I believe he went to the appointments with our son, with our daughter. He didn't go to the appointments um, as much. He probably went to a few appointments with, with our daughter. With our son, he was there, present, uh, went to the appointments. He was there when he was born. With Nia, he 
got to the hospital like probably 10 minutes after she was born because he was out of town mm-hmm. when I went to labor. She was also born early. So the relationship you're saying after your first kid or after your second kid um, started to deteriorate or what? I think it was, <laughs> I don't think it was after the kids. I think it just, living together is not easy. Living together with, with someone when you are both strong-minded, big mouth, and nobody's backing down is not easy. So I think there was a, there, there were period there were ebbs and flows. So there were times when it was on the low end, sometimes it was on the high end, sometimes it rewrote the middle. So one of the issues was he had a child with someone else within the first I would say less than five years of our marriage. I think she was born in '94. So yeah, within the first three years of our marriage. So within the first three years of your marriage, right? He had a child with another woman, right? So right. your son was four years old or five years old? My son was a year old. Your son was a year old? Yes, yes. Okay, so I'm a little confused. Okay, I got married married in 91. No, no, but I'm a little confused, right? I remember you guys had a barbecue in the backyard. Which one? In the apartment. Right, no, I'll say which one, because we had, for for our son's birthday, we had parties almost every, we had parties every year from one through five. For, so it was the first time I ever came around. I think that was his fifth, I think that was his fifth birthday. I I, th- I was about to say that. I think it was his fifth birthday, yeah. right? Um, and I remember me and our mutual friend right. came over. Um, and I remember I was driving. So this had to be 1995 um, or later. 96. His fifth birthday had been 96. 96. Nope, no, that's not true. 98. When was he five? He was five in 98. Okay. Okay. That could have been right. That sounds about right. In 98. Um, and we came over because um, mm-hmm. uh, I was driving the Blue Maxima. Okay. And I remember I parked in front, and your landlord or whoever it was downstairs told me I had to move the car because I was blocking his driveway. That's the guy next door who was the pain in the ass. Oh, the guy next door who was yeah. the pain in the ass. I remember that. Yeah, my landlord was oh, fine with yeah. that because we were there, he wouldn't care. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know at that time. Um, I mean, I, I found out later, but I didn't know at that time that the child was already here. Yeah, she's a year she's a year younger than my son. So when did you find young. out? When did you I'm find gonna, out? I'm gonna tell you that story of when I Go found ahead. out. Go ahead. So um before she was born, I had a dream of snakes and fish. Oh my goodness. Do you know what that, <laughs> you know what that is? Oh my goodness. So Go in, ahead. In, in, in fish. culture, fish means somebody's pregnant. Yeah. Snakes means deception. So all this time I'm like, yo, somebody's I'm like somebody's pregnant and somebody's lying about something. So I'm just trying to figure out, like trying to figure out what it is. And I don't even think I actually thought that someone was pregnant for him initially. But, you know, just like kind of paying attention, looking look at the way things move. And there was a lady he worked with who I thought he was having an affair with, which he denied, but I still think they were having an affair. Um, I, thought she was, I thought she was pregnant. And he was like, no, that's not my kid. I think she or she was pregnant. I don't remember how, I don't, again, David, this is years ago and I kind of don't even care about it anymore. So I feel like she either was pregnant or I thought she was pregnant because she also has a child within the same range. And he was like, no, that's not his kid or no, he, she wasn't pregnant, whatever it was. But, but there was a baby somewhere. And at the same time, I had a few people in my life who were pregnant. So I'm like, is it somebody, is it one of these people who's lying about their pregnancy or who the father is? So that's like trying to figure all these things out. So he took our son out one day in this little outfit. And I was like, this is odd. He's like, oh no, I just want to take him out. So I let that go. So nice, he wants to take his son out, which was strange. Which I want to take his son to the seaport. 
strange, but okay. Father, son time, go ahead and have a good time. Years later, I see a picture of him and his sister in like matchy outfits, meaning my son and his sister in matchy outfits at the seaport in that age range. Okay. So fast forward, I, well, how I, so I asked him a few times about it. He had bought, I think, Christmas, he bought an earring. We went away. We went away in 95 or 96. We went away. He bought earrings with her initial on it. I was like, let me see the earrings you bought. So I was, he was like, oh, this is for my friend Mike. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Oh. Friend Mike. He was Mike's, he was Mike's daughter's godfather. I'm like, I don't, I don't know Mike. Why would you be, why are you his daughter's godfather? I don't know who Mike, I don't know who Mike is. I'm your wife. Why do I not know who Mike is? And not that I know all your friends, but I know most of your friends. If you're somebody's godfather, I would think that I would know. Who it is. So these are little things that trigger you to be like, hmm, okay. Then um, he bought like Christmas presents and bought like this wrapping paper and took it to his mom's house. It's for his the same goddaughter that I know that I don't know. Not logical. If we're a couple, I'm gonna know your goddaughter. Well, wait about the picture. You said you saw a picture. <laughs> the picture I saw years later, where I was oh, like, oh, okay, so this, okay, so like yeah. this going back. But okay, however, yeah. going through his wallet because it's not sitting well with me. I'm like, this is not sitting well with me. This is not making sense. Go through his wallet. There's a picture of a little girl in his wallet. There's no denying that that's a child. So looks just like him. Look, not just like him, but like their family has a look. Like if you see all of his kids together, there's no denying all those children are his. Okay. So I, you know, I lose my mind in the house. I'm like cussing, cursing, crying, like nauseous. Is he still like, denying it? Is he still denying it? Well, at that point, your kid's nice. I'm showing you the effing picture. How are you going to deny it at that picture point? Picture that you're carrying around in your wallet. Picture you carrying around your wallet. And how how old was the little girl at that time? <sighs> she must have been about four-ish at that time. Four years? Four. four years. Four years of dying and deception. And and part of it is like, you don't want to know. Because when you, have to, when you know something, you, have, you can't unknow it, right? And then you have to decide what your action is going to be once you know. You don't want to know it. You yeah, yourself, yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead. All the signs are there, but it's like, how much of this do I really want to know? And what am I going to do once I know? So, so I know I find out we have our battles and conversations and he was, he was, I was like, well, I want to meet her. I want to meet her mother. He was like, no, you don't need to meet them. Only reason you don't want me to meet her is because you're still sleeping with her. That's, that's the only logical thing in my mind. So, 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 so you talked about Caribbean culture, mm -hmm. right? Um, explain to me. So, so I don't want to say explain, don't explain to me, explain what you mean by Caribbean culture, but I mean as how it affects this or how it's related to this, meaning is it expected in Caribbean culture that a man is going to have other women and other children? I, I don't want to say it's expected in Caribbean culture because I think it's BS. I want to say that it's historical. And it's probably not just Caribbean culture. I think it's probably, you know, if you, if you talk to different people, you'll find out that this happens across the board. Okay. It's not, it's not, it's not um, unique to our culture. Okay. Okay. Um, I think, and was I think the part of the problem is the conversation, did not have any conversations up front. So if you and your mate decide that you want to have an open relationship or a one-sidedly open relationship, that's a conversation to be had because there are people who are okay with that. Are you? And not one-sided, no. Not one-sided. No. Go ahead. Now we're getting somewhere. What do you mean not one-sided? One, if we're going to have an open relationship, we're going to have an open relationship. So an open relationship, you're saying we're both can we're do both. We're both. We're both seeing other people. I, okay. I, I can do monogamy. I can do polyamory, which whatever we decide to do. Even in a marriage? I wouldn't get married if that's the case. Okay. All right. That's fair. All right. So uh, she's four or five years old. Um, you find out, um, uh, uh, did you ever get to meet her? I met her when I was pregnant with my daughter. You met her when you were pregnant with your daughter. Okay, tell me 
how it is that you decided to stay because, because mm -hmm. I so so I know you right um and I never had this conversation with you mm -hmm. um and I didn't find out um about the, the other daughter until uh way later right because like, I didn't really talk about it um yeah, cause you didn't really I, talk but, about it even though we were probably friends clear. five six seven eight years yeah. whatever it is by that time I just to be clear I love the young lady she is you mean your daughter I love my well. I call my I call my big girl. Yeah. Um. His his daughter, who's not my daughter biolog right. biologically, but yeah. I love her. She is an amazing person. Mm -hmm. A great big sister to her little sister. She's I mean just a good person. Okay. So we've gotten to, we've gotten to know each other. Um, you know, over the course of the years. Um, and I love her. You met the mom too. I met the mom. We're cool. Okay. But that was you know that took time. Y'all didn't scrap. Because for ego, ego, egotistical purposes, I don't, I don't want you to think I'm fighting over you. Okay. <laughs> I'm not okay. fighting over you, my G. <laughs> that's, okay. that's not what it is. All right. Um, so what's your question? I'm sorry. You asked me something. And I'm sorry. Um, what was... I, I decided to stay. Yeah. So, what was the, 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 the catalyst for deciding to stay? There were, is, there were a number it, of things. But, and, and I want to ask a question first. Okay. Is it... Because where you come from, your parents were married till death they did part. Part of it, yes. Part of it. That's I believe that marriage is supposed to be till until death do you part. However, understanding the way that society works, that that's not necessarily what what happens. So yeah, so part of part of it was like I wanted my family. I wanted to build our family. I felt like my family was worth fighting for, not in a physical sense, but in a sense of like let's let's work this out. Let's do this. Let's um, let's build, let's continue to build this family. Um, I want more children. Mm -hmm. I, I want to have children with multiple for others. And, um, I was with all of that. I was still in love at the point, at that point. So I still felt like it was a viable relationship. When I got to the point where I felt like this is not viable, I don't feel the love. I don't feel the esteem of being your wife. Then I decided it was time to end it. So you said something, you said you were still in love at that point. Mm -hmm. right? When you look back on it now, mm -hmm. is that what you still think that you were still in love? Or yeah. Were you, okay, all right. Yeah. You're, still, you're still willing to call that love? Yep. Okay, all right. So go ahead, keep, so, so you decided to stay. I decided to stay. Um, and then you decided to have another child. Have another child. Because you've always wanted more children wanted and you didn't want to have multiple kids. baby daddies. I wanted five kids. I didn't want most baby daddies. I figured that, honestly, I was like, if if I have this one more child and we get divorced, I can handle two kids on my own. Okay. So that was yeah. my yeah my train of thought. Like I, I was like, I didn't want just one. I can handle two, and I'm gonna do it with the same person because who's going around having kids with multiple people? Not me. Well, there are people doing it, but okay. Yeah. Not so I said not me. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so them. yeah. So when people hear right mm -hmm. about um a woman that is with somebody, married or whatever else it is, and then that person has a baby, and then um, the woman or the mother or the wife, or whatever it is, has a baby. The first thing that comes to mind is, okay, I'm gonna have a baby because I, I ain't gonna let that bitch outdo me. No, it was, that person had nothing to do with my decision. The okay. other person had nothing to do with my decision. Um, it was, I wanted, I wanted multiple children. And I'm going to have them with the person. And it's my husband, so I can have many kids with him as I want to. It's my husband. 
And oh. like you said, your, your mindset was, if it doesn't work out, I can handle two kids. I can handle two kids, yeah. Okay, all right. So um, fast forward, um, well, so let me not even say fast forward. I wanna tell a story, right? Okay. And I've told this story before. <laughs> I already know the story, go ahead. You already know the story, good, I'm glad. So I don't know how, I knew you went into labor, but I didn't know how I found out you actually had the baby. Okay. You may have texted me. So first of all, no, let me back up and tell a different story before that, right? Uh, graduation day, right? We graduated on the same day at the same time, mm -hmm. right? Um, you were pregnant at the time. How far along were you pregnant? Oh my gosh, I was, she was born in November, so that was June, whatever. The, I don't know, do the math. Okay. Three, four months, three, four months. Well, you were showing. I remember that. Oh, was I showing at graduation? You were showing. Yes, you oh were showing. Oh my gosh, that's early. Yeah, because I was running late and we were supposed to meet there. Right. And you called and asked me where I was. Right. And I told you I had just walked into the place and I was trying to make my way. And you came to the back of the line and got me and pulled me up front with you. And that's how I know you were showing. Okay. And you had heels on. And I said to you, what are you wearing heels for? And you're showing like that. Or you got a stomach like that. Or whatever else it is. You said something about looking cute. Or whatever the fuck it is you said. Really? I don't know exactly what you said. <laughs> it was along those lines, right? Um, but that's one story. But the real story I want to tell, right? <laughs> is, um, class. I do not remember how I found out that you were in labor or found out that you were in the hospital. Either you text me um or or or, or my sister might have texted you um yes yeah one of the, yeah, oh, sister, one of, yeah it could be anybody yeah it could be anybody your okay. sister may have texted me right <laughs> and i remember i called um the hospital right and uh your husband picks up the phone mm -hmm. now i already knew he ain't like me why i have no idea right um but uh, he you have no phone. idea. You have no idea why he likes you. Why don't you tell me why? Let's get. Let's talk what? about it now. It's only been twenty something years. Why don't you tell me now? I think. I think he probably thought that I was messing with you, or I would have. That shit is guilt, my nigga. Oh, oh yeah, definitely, Def definitely. Okay. Um, just, just for the record, viewers, listeners, David and I have are platonic friends and have been that way from the beginning. Um, absolutely. And uh, so let me just say, so I call, right? And he picks up the phone, right? And he says, uh, um, hello? And I knew it was him, right? So I, I, already in my head, I said, okay, this is gonna be, this is gonna be, this is gonna be, this is gonna be difficult, but I'm not going nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, this is David, um, Mia's friend from school. Um, I heard she had the baby. How's everything going? <clears throat> and he says, what? Just like that. <laughs> and I said, this is David. Level, level ignorance, we call that level ignorance. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. And I said, this is David, Mia's friend from school. I would like to speak to her, please. And then he just hand, he ain't say, yeah, okay, hold on. What's up, dude? Nothing. He just handed you the phone. What did he think that that was my baby that he was sitting out there next to? <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you what the man was thinking. I don't know. Shit, nigga. I don't anyway. know. I can't tell you what he was thinking. He thought a lot of small things. Like he said, it's guilt and people, you know, we say do so, don't like so. So when, you, when you're doing something, you want to think somebody else is doing something, you don't like it. He put you on the phone or you came to the phone. We talked for a little bit. Um, 
and then um, you know uh, we went you know you hung up and you went on about I went on about my business. But I have often said I wonder what the conversation was like once I, I got off the phone. I honestly don't remember. I don't even, he may not have even said anything. I don't remember him saying yeah. And uh, you know I remember another time we saw each other was at your uh, dad's funeral, mm-hmm. um, and he looked right at me and never said a word. And I know he knows exactly he who knows I was. He knows who you are. <laughs> <laughs> like I did. Oh shit! Um, but uh, yeah. Like, he probably was like, "What's this motherfucker doing here? This why did we we divorced." At the funeral. Why is he at the funeral? Is that what he's saying? He probably was thinking that. I'm like, "Well, we were divorced at that point." Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're divorced at that time. What are you mad at me for? I ain't do nothing. Anyway, um, talk about um divorce, and then you know I want to move on to you know um you being a solo parent. Divorce is not an easy decision. And, I, and anyone who, I would assume that anyone who has decided to divorce has come to the decision after a period of thought, self-reflection, and deciding, like, what really makes sense? For me, I had to think about my happiness and my peace. Like, my ultimate in the world is being at peace. And when something is constantly disrupting my peace, I will not engage. How old were you at this time? I was 34. Four going on 35 okay. at the time. We got separated in 2004 and officially divorced in 2005. Okay. I was 34 at the time. And what was his feelings about it? He didn't, he didn't want to get, <laughs> he didn't get divorced initially, um, which is baffling to me. He because thought that I would not, he thought that I would not leave. doing this thing anyway. Yeah, he thought, I would, he thought that I would not leave him. He thought that uh, we were in contract, we were, we were about to be in contract to purchase a house. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, you're going deeper into this BS. I remember this conversation. I remember you and I talked about yeah. this a little bit. Yeah, I remember this. You're going deeper into this BS for what? Like, you're not, you're not happy. And like, I don't expect anyone to control my happiness for myself. Um, but I don't expect my mate to eat away at that happiness. Okay. Um, I expect a level of peace in my home. Mm-hmm. I expect a level of respect ultimate respect in my home mm-hmm. and I wasn't getting that okay I wasn't and 34 is a you know pretty is a good time to make sort of decisions like yeah that. like you're not too young you know all right and did you have any concerns about like being back out on the dating market oh dating sucks dating sucks ass but did you think <laughs> <laughs> but did you think about it at that moment, at, at that, that moment, time. it wasn't even, it wasn't, I didn't even care. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't something that I was like, oh my God, who am I going to date? It was like, just, that was not even a thing because I like, my peace was not in that place. Okay. So um, I just want to say, I just want to share something that was really interesting. My grandmother got divorced at about 60, she was about 60, between 63 and 65. My she, mother's mother. Oh my goodness. She left Trinidad and came here and got, she got divorced, left Trinidad and came here. Oh, Okay. Part of the problem with dating for me is like the history that I have with my ex, I'm never going to have with anyone else. We know each other since we were like. Yeah, that's what I was, yeah, you know, that's, what, that's, what, that's what I was trying to get to. Yeah. 15, 17 years old. So there's things like we still call each other. I'm not like, yo, you saw so and so, yo, you heard so and so. We still, like, we got to the point where, we, where we're cool like that, where we, got, we, um, we can have those conversations now. So there'll be, no, there'll be no one else who I meet, they are possibly married that I'll have that history with, but I'm open to creating new history with them. So. Okay. Um, and what was parenting like when y'all were together? So initially he was very hands-on. He does really well with small children. 
he does really well. Um, like he would, and again, again, I think probably because the way he works in this, he worked, um, when Arthur was a baby, he worked at the post office and he would drop us off and then go to work. And then as he got older, he worked, uh, he worked overnight. So it depended, depended on where, you know, where he was and what's going on. Um, he, he was the parent who brought them usually to daycare or my mom's so my mom watched both my kids thankfully for the first two years of their lives so he was the one who would get them ready in the morning and get them out and get you know if we weren't going together as a family he would I would leave and then he would take care of getting them off to school um I think he did that pretty much until we separated if I wasn't taking I think I would take Arthur and he would take me as they got older so he was very hands-on so you know he so a lot of but a lot of it was still my responsibility as far as like um, the grooming and the putting things together in the house and things like that. So I felt like a lot of that he kind of dropped the ball on. Um, he would like he would go like this the events like the sporting events and the when he was in dance he would do like the events. So we had we split those things up pretty well. We managed those pretty well. I think even after we uh, got separated, he would show up for things like that but like feel like he didn't show up for like the smaller things necessarily but he was good like picking them up from school and dropping them off those things he, he was in he was in on and what was parenting like after the divorce after the divorce um it's pretty much the same except like i didn't have we never had that agreement here people talk about their agreements like every other weekend or every weekend like we didn't have that my kids were with me pretty much all the time unless they said i want to go to dad's house so it was pretty much me and it's still, you know, they, they come over to school, they're here, they may go to his house for a day, but they're not really spending any length of time at his house. And from a dollar's perspective? Dollar's perspective, there was no agreement. Um, so a lot of it, majority of it fell on me unless he, unless he felt like giving something. In the beginning, I think he was much better with giving. Now it's kind of like, well, they're older. So they, I don't even get involved in it anymore. I'm like, if you want something for your father, like he, he just bought a car. He does what he feels like. I do what I got to do. So you're at a point right now, like, yeah, I just do what I got to do. Yeah, well, that's I mean, always been me. But they're grown now, but they're grown now, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as, teenagers, so. as teenagers, you were still the same way. I just, you know. What I, I got to do. Like, I mean, I, mean, I don't, I, 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 it's hard for me to ask someone for something. So when I ask, I expect it to be delivered. And if it's not delivered, then I'm not asking again. So, um... For the most part, again, it was there was no like three hundred dollars a month, three hundred dollars a week. There was no arrangement like that. Um, if there's something, if there's something came up, whereas there had to be a flight somewhere, like Arthur went to school in Georgia, so he had to fly back and forth. <clears throat> so I may or may have not have asked for some, some money for things like that. I'm pretty much what I did was I just gave my kids allowance every time I got paid, they got paid. They didn't have to ask me for money whenever they needed something. If there was something that was excessive over that money, I may or may not have called their dad, and he may or may not have given it to me. But for the most part, it's having a lot of business. And you made it through. Yep. They're grown. Grown, thriving, happy people. Okay. So, um, made it. And you said that he's got a lot of children now. <laughs> I didn't say a lot of children. You said of all of his children. Well, he, has, he has five kids total that, I know, that I'm aware of. He has five kids that you're aware of. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't swear for anybody. So, that's, that's how I phrase it. I can't tell you this. You don't what? I'm not swearing for anybody. Oh, okay. So I won't say, oh, he only got five kids. Nope. I know he has five. Okay. I can't tell you that, that, that there may not be more. I don't know. Um, and uh, if you had to look back, right, mm-hmm. on your experience, 
um, what's the first thing, you know, that jumps out to your mind as a lesson learned? Communicate, like really have those conversations where what your expectation is for your relationship, expectations for yourself and figure out your boundaries early on. So that when they come up, you know. And that's for relationships, not for parenting. For parenting, I think, if I can say so, I did a good job with my kids, so I don't know. <laughs> I think one of the things for me that stands out with my kids, again, is communication. So I explained to them a lot of the things, the reasons why I did certain things or didn't allow them to do certain things. There was a, And even if we clashed over it, we had a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. um, I also gave them the space to explore and be who they are. So of course, as a parent, when your child is born, you have this image in your head of what's going to happen and how they're going to be and what they're going to do. And then, they, and then they show you who they are. And I just supported them in being who they are. So for example, my son wanted to go away to boarding school. He came with us and he was 13 years old. He's like, I want to go to boarding school. We were like, you're out your mind. You're not going to boarding school. I need to see your face every day. People are crazy. I need to look at you like that's not happening. And then he, you know, he kept pushing the issue. We went to the meeting at his school and we're like, why would we not let him go to boarding school? Because we're scared. Like that doesn't make sense. So your kids teach you if you allow them to open, to open your world and expand your mind. Like they allow you to see this things in a totally different way. So he went to boarding school 800 miles away at 14 years old. And of course, since he went, his sister was like, I'm going to boarding school too. So she, she was 13 when she went away to school and ended up with a concussion within two months and had to come home <laughs> for like four months. Yeah, if you, if you allow your kids to, I think parenting, my, my, my main thing about parenting is allow, allow your children to guide you while you guide them. Okay. They'll show you what they, they'll, they'll show you what they need and who they are. And you want to just, you want to support them. And uh, my last question, right? When you look back on our friendship, what is the thing that comes to mind? Oh, I'm going to cry. Um, consistency. I, there's, even though you are horrible at time, uh, <laughs> I, I know that if I need you, you're there. So um, I remember I said this to you a couple of months ago, and I'm going to say this to you again. One of the things that I have always appreciated about my best friends, which you, know, you are definitely one of, is you allowed me to be me. I'm not for everybody. But at the same time, you checked me whenever I needed to be checked. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate you for that. So we've got X number of people, you know, subscribing to us on uh, the podcast, right? You know, we've got a, a significant number of people, you know, listening, right? And all these people ain't my friends. I know that for a fact, right? And your brother <laughs> says the whole bunch of them are probably not his friends either, right? Because, you know, I'm not um, for everybody, right? Right, right. Um, but, you know, you are one of those people who just allowed me to be me, right? While at the same time, you know, if you had something to say, you had no problem saying it to me. Just because you're receptive. Like, it's one thing to be, like, wrong and strong, right? So if you are this way and someone says to you, like, yo, Mia, you can really, you know, you could said that a little differently. You could have looked at this a little differently. You could, how about you try this approach? And you're, and I'm open to that. They're going to come, they're going to keep giving me that feedback. But if I'm constantly fighting against what they're telling me, it's like, go out, go out there and make a fool of yourself then. You know, it's like when you have, when you have people who, first of all, you got to trust the person who's giving you the information in order for you to be receptive to the information. Yes. I have to know that it's coming from a good place. Yes. So I remember there was an event. Um, this is back when we were in our 30s, right? Okay. I don't remember exactly what the event was, but I couldn't make it. And I remember asking you, you were telling me how it went, and, you know, it was a good time, whatever it is. And I remember saying to you, was there any hoes there? And you said, no. And I said, well, what kind of fucking party is that? Ain't no hoes there. I said, how they gonna have a party? Ain't no hoes. You mean there was no hoes there? And you said, David, there were women there. They're not necessarily hoes, all right? <laughs> <laughs> that mouth. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate you. I love you. Uh, what did you say <laughs> to Nia one time? You said, uh, this may be. <laughs> <laughs> this might be your dad over here. This Nia. might be your dad over here, right? <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate uh, you. I love you too. And I'm proud of the work that you that you and Christopher are doing. I'm very excited to see, you know, every every two weeks what's going on and who's on. So keep it up. The energy is great. Thank you very much. Yeah, All right. Okay. Um, you should tell people where they can find you. So as I said in the beginning of the podcast, I am a certified professional coach and I work primarily with women who are supporting their non-traditional families. So not necessarily families with the mom, dad, white picket fence, two dogs and a cat. Women who are, you know, and I support those women too, but women who are managing things a little, a little differently. And you can find me on Instagram at Audacious Purpose. And you can find me on the web at audaciouspurpose.com. Spell Audacious Purpose. A-U-D-A-C-I-O-U-S-P-U-R-P-O-S-E. Audaciouspurpose.com. And on Instagram at also Audacious Purpose. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Single dad, why you mad? And we can get into more of that on the DILF episode. But the idea right here, right now today is that um, I had a conversation with audacious purpose, Miss Mia Pollard, your sister, my BFF, and uh, you know, um, you know, before we post the episode, we want to put on the trail end your feedback. And um, I'm saying this because you've watched it already or listened to it or watched yes. it. Which one did I send you? The video or the audio? You sent, you sent me the video and I watched it. And um I am I'm, I'm sorely disappointed that I wasn't there for the conversation. But, yo, I want to start by saying, yo, my big sister is a prophet and a sage, yo. Like, this, this, so, so the prophet part I got, what's a yeah. sage? Yo, she's just, she's just brilliant, and she, she just drops knowledge, and it's shareable and applicable knowledge, man. It's like, and, and realistically, it comes from hard-fought experience. So I, I, I think it's interesting for our listeners, too, because even in some of the things she said and some of the ways she said them, you can absolutely see the overlap. You can see, you know, the influence of, of of my parents and both of us, and ultimately, like her influence on me. So, so how old were you when your sister got married? So I was, I was, I was like fifteen. And what did you think about, uh, you know, her getting married? Like a large part of my childhood, you know, that I can recall was her dating this dude, despite everything they've gone through, and he was like my big brother. So it just seemed natural when they got married. And um, when did you first hear about, if you ever did, any infidelity? I didn't. When you look at people and you look at their lives, like you can be with somebody every day and you can share space with somebody and not really know what they're going through. So you she know, didn't like, wear it on her shoulder. She didn't. And I, I think that that's also part and parcel of like how we were raised. It's like, you're going through something, you just go through it. I think as we as we become adult, we are a lot more open with the things that we see, the things that we feel. Whereas like when Mia was going through that as a 20, you know, 23, 24, when she ultimately got divorced, she was 35. It was just her going through it. And um, when did you ever hear about, um, if you did, uh, him having another child outside of uh, the marriage? I didn't find out until like years later. 
I don't think I was introduced to her until maybe she was, you know, a bit older than that. So let's say she was like 10 when I first met her. First off, kudos to my sister, because you can look at, a lot of people look at that, the child of that relationship and go, you know, this child is a constant reminder of my husband's infidelity and the dissolution of my marriage. And she looked at this kid and was like, yo, she didn't have anything to do with it. And I don't want to rob her of her father. Or her relationship with her uh, steps, uh, you know, her, 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 her sibling. When they divorced, you know, did you have any feelings about that? When they divorced, I was like, oh, damn, like, shit is real. Like, it, it's done? For me, and it was like, oh, shit, like, it could happen to one of us. So, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, and I've heard you talk about this a little bit. How much of this did you attribute, and I'm talking about back then, not now, to Caribbean culture? Back then, it was just like, oh, shit, he fucked up. Yo, like, you, 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 you messed up your situation. But it was also part of me that was like, a lot of dudes do. And I don't know if I chucked it up to just Caribbean culture. One of the first things I really realized in, in having those friends from, from different places and, and different backgrounds is a lot of shit that I, that I counted as Caribbean behaviors was immigrant behavior. And then even like from a relationship standpoint, a lot of things that initially was immigrant behaviors, it was like, oh shit, this is just universal Mars versus Venus shit, man versus woman, um, our programming versus our internal nature. Um, anything jumped out at you in particular that you wanted to comment on after you listened to it? Um, conversations on expectations. You know, and the time and attention versus affection and intent. You know, the idea that, like, even though you're spending all that time with somebody and, and you know, they're hugging you up and they're holding your hand. Meeting you at the train station, taking you to work, picking you up from work, yeah. Yeah, that, that doesn't mean that, that they're on the same page as you. And what does a marriage mean? You know, the idea that, like, oh, you know, you, you have a conversation or you read terms of, of service when you use an iPad, you know, or when you get a new phone, or, you know, you have a conversation about agreements and terms when you start a new job. But you go, go into a marriage just assuming like, oh, well, you know, marriage means the same thing to this person as it does to me. Or family means the same thing to, to this person as it does to me. And that's a hell of an assumption. We just go in and say, well, I met this person. I like this person. We've been together to while, for a while. Eh, we might as well, without having the conversation. Anything pop out for you for the week? How was your week? Yo, um, my week was good. Uh, I apologize to everyone for, for missing the original uh, recording, but had to take my oldest daughter to the emergency room. Completely unexpected. Didn't get back in the house until about midnight, but she's fine. Everything is stabilized. Yeah, so that, that was the most pressing thing in my week, that, that unexpected trip to the emergency room. Okay, all right. Uh, call to action. Ladies, gentlemen, and consenting adults, thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for your patience with us, dropping me on the back end of it. Thank you for your patience with David shutting me up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we, we appreciate you joining us for another episode of Single Dad While You Mad. Continue to like, subscribe, and follow us on all the podcasting formats. You know, we're on uh, Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify. You know, we are on uh, Stitcher. Stitcher. We, we're everywhere. Tune in. And absolutely make sure to listen to us. Or you, can just, or you can just go to the website and download the episode directly. Yeah. Well, that too. 
uh, and make sure to follow us on YouTube, follow us on our social media platforms. We're on Twitter. We are on Instagram. Um, and we appreciate it. Appreciate All right. It. Single dad, why you mad?